Welcome to the Optimal Body Podcast. I'm Doc Jen. And I'm Dr. Dom. And we are doctors of physical therapy, bringing you the body tips and physical therapy pearls of wisdom to help you begin to understand your body, relieve your pains and restrictions, and answer your questions. Along with expert guests, our goal of the Optimal Body Podcast is really to help you discover what optimal means within your own body. Let's dive in. So for those who have heard us talk about Gen Health or mention Gen Health, but you haven't quite checked out the platform or tried any of the plans, this would be the week to get in and try the plans because we are giving a massive discount. So coming off of this Barefoot mini course, which was the first of its kind, we got so much incredible feedback and so many people asking, can I still be a part of the course? And unfortunately, the course has closed. However, we have a foot ankle plan on Gen Health. And for this week only, you get 60% off of the yearly price. This is $119 for a full year of 11 different plans, not only 11 plans, but each plan has different phases that you can continue to follow so that you can continue to progress in your body. So whether you need help with your shoulders, with your knee, with your low back, whether you're looking for a full body plan, a full body low impact that's going to have strength and core and mobility and things to keep you moving and feeling great within your body, Gen Health, I promise, has it all. And it's not there to just tell you what to do, but I'm really here to educate you into your body. So if you've liked any of my stuff, whether it's from this podcast, whether it's from YouTube, or what I put out on Instagram, I promise you are going to love Gen Health. So if you haven't yet, go type in gen.health or we'll link it up below. And please get in this week to start your free week because you get 60% off of the full year. No discount code needed. We already did it for you. It's this week only. It ends Friday. So get in now. So we're going to be going over what a muscle strain really is. You know, what does it feel like? How does it make it different than a strain or a full tear? I mean, they kind of relate, you know. And another cool thing too, as we continue to talk about this, we do kind of dive into what relates to overtraining. So if you haven't listened to that podcast, like these two, if you're worried about muscle strains or you think you might have strained a muscle, we're obviously going to talk about what you can do for that, but definitely tune into overtraining podcast as well. Yeah. And I mean, right off the bat, you mentioned how is this different than a sprain and Again, they can, they can kind of relate in some ways, yeah. but sprains are generally talking about a specific joint, yeah. like you sprained your ankle or you sprained your knee. And with a sprain, ligaments can be involved and ligaments connect bone to bone. Mm-hmm. So there are ligaments in our ankle that we generally sprain when we sprain our ankle, but we will also generally strain some muscles <laughs> in the act of spraining our ankle. Yes. Yeah, so strain... Think about it, like he said, for muscle, we're going from the bone to a tendon, right? So you can get a strain right from the tendon as well. Mm -hmm. You can also get a strain right in the muscle belly itself. And think of like the tendon is that attachment to the bone. So it's what's helping move your structure. (laughs) If I'm going to move my bicep or pull my hand toward my shoulder, that is my bicep, which the tendon connects to that lower arm to kind of help pull that hand toward my shoulder, right? So that's what we're talking about anywhere from that tendon or into that muscle belly that can cause that strain. Yeah. And so I know that you have dealt a little bit with some strains throughout your gymnastics career. Yeah. I mean, so gosh, for gymnastics, I just feel like you're constantly taping something or 
there's there's always something going on, which I'm sure is similar for a lot of other sports too, right? Uh, For me in particular, my hip flexor on my right would give me a lot of issues. So I actually ended up leaping a lot on my left. Mm. (laughs) Luckily, I was flexible on both legs because it hurt my hip flexor to really put it into that extreme flexion, forced contraction. Yeah, when you do like those leaping, leaping splits. Yeah. I'm pretty good at those. Oh, I think we're going to need to see this on YouTube. I'll have to show you sometime. Yeah. Check the B-roll on YouTube on that one. We'll see if we have some good videos of me leaping. (laughs) And same with football. It's like funny when people ask like, oh, have you had any injuries? And I always say like, not really, because I didn't have any injuries that I think like, like kept me out of an entire season or had major massive surgeries. Like I played every single game throughout my college career, but, but you're always kind of nursing some sort of strain or soreness like I I know I've partially torn my rotator cuff which is a degree of strain Mm -hmm. I know that I've strained my hamstring multiple times my where my IT band kind of comes down and connects into my um, knee I was always having issues there so I wasn't sure if that was like a lateral quadricep strain or something that also involved my bursa and my knee would just blow up and so all throughout football I was kind of dealing with a bunch of different types of muscle strains Did you get any black and blue kind of happening through like your hamstring or Um, your quad or anything? That is the one thing that I don't think so. I think that the one time I had black and blue would have been more of a bone bruise when I got a hip pointer, which is not really a strain. No. Um, Definitely some black and blue and swollen ankles. So Yeah, but different. Not not this type of direct strain then where you can like see the muscles that were... The fibers that were kind of torn. Yeah. I had a friend who tore his hamstring and it was like big, dense black and yeah. blue bruise up by his bottom. And then that all kind of drained down his leg. And it was crazy because his leg was all like sorts of purple and greens and colors as it, as it was healing. Yeah. I mean, we saw that a lot in the clinic too. People who came in with muscle strains and, and different degrees. So we're going to talk about like the different grades of muscle strains, but really just understanding that this occurs when, again, the tendon or the muscle itself is overstretched or over tensioned in a way. Yeah. And our, our muscles have a reflex. Like it's actually a protective thing mm-hmm. that when our muscles get stretched at a certain velocity, we have these sensors in our muscles that say, oop, we're stretching really quickly. Like let's, let's tension up a little bit. Let's contract a little bit to protect because if we don't, we're going to go too far and have an injury. And when we do this, it, like say we're in a competition or even if you're, we were just talking with somebody about their calves, like calf strains mm-hmm. or calf tears. And um, one of our friend's dads went like and ran after their dog quickly and thinks he strained or tore his calf muscle because your calf isn't used to that. If all of a sudden you go and try to sprint a couple steps. Yeah, if you haven't done that in a while and, and you all of a sudden you go do it. Haven't done that in years. Your muscle doesn't have the capacity to take that tension. Yes. And also it's going to freak the muscle out because it's like, oh, what are you doing stretching <laughs> me this fast under this amount of force? Yeah. I'm going to contract And that's how we sometimes get these strains. Yeah, exactly. And so now let's talk about like the different grades that you'll see. So grade one is really more of that mild strain. So it's really only affecting like a limited amount of fibers. You know, you probably won't see as much bruising or or so much going on. You might just kind of feel a little pain or tenderness, um, especially, you know, 
you know, a couple days after this happened. So sometimes it's not even immediate. It's not direct, but it's a couple days, you know, after you, you've kind of done that new sport or that activity uh, that kind of put a lot of tension and overstretch over tension pressure in that area. And when you say it involved some muscle fibers, like we are saying like there's going to be some muscle fibers that tear per se. Yeah. But I always like to think of a muscle belly as like a horse's tail or like those ropes that, you know, have like a million different fibers in them. And we could even nick four, five, six, ten of those little hairs and that could be a grade one muscle strain. Mm -hmm. It's like less than a percent of the overall amount of muscle fibers that make up the, the muscle but you're still going to feel that. Yeah. It still might be a little bit painful, but it's something that you might actually recover from fairly quickly. Yeah, it, within about two weeks, especially if you do the treatments that we we're going to talk about and, and like following the phases. So that's another thing that people do. Oh, I might not feel this for the next day or a couple days, but then I am, I'm good after that and I get right back into going after that activity, going after that sprint that I'm now trying to do. Maybe it's something new, right? So really progressing back into that activity is going to be crucial. So it usually heals within two weeks if you give yourself enough time um, to heal and and you really don't really see any strength deficits in grade one. So it's not, it's it's just something that's new. Maybe it's a little painful, a little tenderness directly in that muscle or where that muscle kind of leads into that joint. Yeah. And then we talk into a grade two muscle strain, which like about half of or close to half of the um, fibers in the muscle are torn or disrupted. And this is going to be quite a bit more painful. We're going to see quite a bit more bruising with something like this and it's also going to take quite a bit longer i mean four weeks and beyond depending on how significant but but sometimes this will be referred to as a partial tear yeah like where you're uh, it's partially torn or the muscle is partially torn and then grade three <laughs> we yeah. go into complete tear complete rupture of yeah. that muscle tendon um so there we're really talking about you know now we have severe swelling we're having a complete loss of function so now it's like well if i don't have that muscle that's connecting into like okay let's go to the bicep example again if i don't have that tendon that's connecting down into my arm i'm going to have a really hard time trying to flex my muscle we do have other muscles that kind of help yeah However, you're going to have a significant loss of function in that that area. Definitely. You'll still be able to do it, but your one of your main movers, which is your biceps, yeah. is now gone. So, I mean, we have our brachialis and our yeah, brachioradialis, but if you compare to the other side, you would definitely see a strength deficit. Yes. The interesting thing about full ruptures or tears is sometimes they're relatively painless, painless. Yeah. which is interesting. There, there's a lot less pain. But that can kind of make sense because it's like, okay, if I'm pushing, now I'm not pulling on a partially torn muscle. Yeah. It's like when your scab is halfway off, yeah. <laughs> it definitely hurts to pull on it. But once you pull it all the way off, like there's no more pain because you, there's nothing to pull on essentially. So sometimes less pain, but even more bruising. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So a common, common things you will see are swelling, especially depending on the grade and the severity of the strain. Mm -hmm. Some bruising is definitely super common. Really that redness, pain to touch, tenderness. Um, you might get some pain at rest even. So maybe not even when you're doing the activity or touching the muscle, you might feel some pain. Yeah. And then if we're going to talk into kind of some of the risk factors or 
causes. Yeah. I mean, we just mentioned like anytime you suddenly are going to be increasing your load or anytime you're going to be suddenly increasing the amount of work you're doing. If you were just on a two week vacation, you're like, oh, I'm going to get back into my run like runs and you start going 10 miles a day. You're going to be at risk of straining something, straining a hamstring, straining a quad or or a glute muscle. Um, Anytime that you're doing a lot of eccentrics, eccentric loading, which is like going back to the bicep example, if you're slowly letting your elbow straighten underweight, that's eccentric because the bicep is lengthening. And when we do eccentric exercise, our muscles are stronger, but they're also at more risk of that micro damage. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's also like pretty common in what are called our type two fibers. So think of like quick high speed changes. So like the going back to the example of the calf strain, when all of a sudden you go from from nothing to a quick sprint all of a sudden, especially when that demand is higher than the load that you've been placing on that area. So if you've only been walking, maybe you've gone on mild jogs, but you haven't been sprinting and all of a sudden you take off, that is a huge load that your body is not prepared for. Yeah. So those quick contractions, anything that involves jumping, running, landing, things like that are going to be, you know, very demanding on that muscle belly. So if we haven't prepared it, we're at risk. And also the two joint muscles. Yes. So so muscles that cross two joints, calf or our gastroc being one of them, the big um, calf muscle on the back, the outer one is called the gastrocnemius that crosses both our ankle and our knee. Other, Other muscles like our hamstrings, our quads, our biceps, our triceps, all muscles that cross two joints. Yeah. So think about like, I mean, if you don't know what those are, the muscles on the thigh, right? So the front of the thigh, your quad, it attaches from your knee, your lower leg, all the way up to your hip. So that's like a big wide range, right? And my, my hamstring, that's crossing, going to my lower leg and then all the way up into my sit bone. So that's in your pelvis. And so think about it too, of how these muscles work. If I bend my knee, but I pull my knee up to my chest, I am contracting on one side of the hamstring. So I'm, I'm shortening one side as I stretch the other. And so that contraction with that stretching on the other side is why you get that intense strain, that intense overstretching on the other side of that muscle. So same with your bicep, you know, if I pull something really hard, like I'm, like I'm rowing, but I'm pulling my elbow back, but I pull my elbow back that it stretches so much over my shoulder, you know, that's that overstretching. So that's kind of the the ideas of where we want to be careful and also where we need the mobility so that we can gain that strength in that area. Yeah, it's interesting when you say that because the hamstring, the other way when you do it, when, you, when you're running or even walking and you're straightening the knee and also straightening the hip, yeah. we're kind of contracting the upper part of the hamstring yep. while lengthening the lower part. So that's where you can imagine running. I mean, kind of same thing with the ankle. So that's why these muscles are kind of pulled and pushed in so many different ways yep. when they cross two joints. So mm-hmm. now let's get into healing. You know, phase one, of course, the first thing that we will always recommend, especially if it's one of the higher grades of strains, is a few days of rest. A few days of rest to let your body kind of collect what's going on, assess the damage and see if that pain level, that bruising, that swelling is going to come down or mitigate at all. Yeah. And then when we get into grade two or phase two, sorry, phase two, that's where we really want to start to, okay, now we rested a couple days. We don't want to do complete rest for like a week or two weeks. We don't, we want to start moving into it. So now we're going to start mobilization of that area. So that means, can I take that 
that area that got kind of strained into its full range of motion. So let's pretend that it is your calf. Okay. So your calf, can you pull your ankle all the way back? Can you point your ankle all the way down? Can you do it with your knee bent? Can you do it with your knee straight? So now we're taking that, that calf across both ends to really address where it attaches into that upper leg and then where it attaches into that foot so that we're taking that full capacity of that muscle. And we start with just really gentle mobilizations, making sure that we first have the access to like, can I pull my foot up with my hand and push it down? Do I, can I do that on its own without anything, you know, and we want to make sure that we're keeping motion there. We're keeping blood flow going and we're getting back to walking as soon as possible. And this is where, if you're getting to this point, I think a lot of people have the question on like, oh, is this bad enough to go to a doctor? Should I go to a doctor? Mm. A lot of grade one strains you may not need to. You may feel a little bit better and then be able to go through this active range of motion, okay, and then progress into training back up to that that activity. But if you've gotten to this point, if you've rested a couple days and you're trying to move and do full active range of motion and you're having a lot of pain, this is where we'd say this podcast isn't going to give you all the answers. No. You should definitely go and see somebody. A lot of muscle strains should be overseen by some sort of professional, whether it's an athletic trainer or a PT. Yeah in ortho just to give you a little more guidance on where you're at um but yeah i like what you said with that angle i mean moving in all all planes of motion so doing circles kind of trying to work on spelling the alphabet that's great with the ankle because it has so many different degrees of motion that you can move in and then along with that getting just passive and active range of motion in the area what else can you do to start resuming activity just going on normal walks starting to focus on our core stability and our core training, like Jen and I are huge proponents of if, if you've hurt your shoulder or if you've hurt your knee or if you've hurt your hip, training your core and training how your rib cage interacts with the pelvis or how, what kind of control you have between your rib cage and your pelvis is so important for all of the other joints and how they operate. Yeah, because if we can get our trunk stabilization kind of under control, especially in a phase of healing, well, then it's just going to help to support anything that happens off that trunk. So your arms, your shoulders, your legs, your feet, like it's all going to help based on how we put our center of mass. So, you know, there is still exercise to do. There is still movement to do. You just want to make sure that, okay, if you kind of strained yourself with running, sprinting or any of that, we're just walking right now. We're getting back into other exercise that addresses other movement, but we're still making sure that we get into full range and motions of that area that we that we hurt. And then when we go into phase three, now this is, keep in mind, this is you know, traditionally about two to three weeks after your injury. So you're not even getting into kind of loading the muscle now until a few weeks after injury. And a lot of people will say that's so long to wait. I need to go to the gym. I need to be on my schedule. I need to do all these things. But in the long run, if we take the time to properly heal, Mm -hmm. two to three weeks is such a short amount of time as to what can happen from a full tear, from a full rupture. So giving yourself the opportunity to properly go along this healing journey is so crucial. And in phase three, that's when we'd get into um, kind of isometric holds first. So we're really thinking of, so let's go back to the calf. 
Um, we're going to go up onto your toes and we're going to hold into whatever range of motion is tolerable right now. It doesn't have to be all the way at the top of a heel raise. It could just be partially. And maybe you're even sitting and you're just putting some weight onto your feet and you're just starting to come up and hold. You know, how much can you tolerate for about 10 seconds? How often can you do this? And then if you start to feel better, if you can do that in different ranges, then you're going up and you're going down and then you're doing it loaded on a standing fully. And then you're doing it with your toes elevated, you know, like we can go along different, you know, phases. However, we want to make sure that we start unloaded, just kind of pointing that foot, even holding that muscle and then starting to go up from there. Yeah, no, that was a great progression of going from just standing, putting some weight into the toes, maybe getting into a full calf stretch of sorts against the wall or like you said just kind of elevating the toes and sitting there because that means you're putting tension through that calf muscle and then you know progressing to what you call the isotonic or the full motion with some resistance Um, and then after that you know we'd want to move into more aggressive things especially if you're working back to doing running or jumping or whatever it is you need to work into some of that plyometric type stuff yeah so maybe we're doing balance training Maybe we're doing some, you know, different work with the core still, but we're using we're using the body, whether that is alternating bridges, whether that's single leg balance reaches, and we're kind of reaching that body out, still stabilizing in the trunk, but kind of reaching and making that whole foot ankle complex work. I mean, there's there's a lot to kind of progress into. And I think one of the cool things to keep in mind when we're thinking about preventing muscle strains mm-hmm. is knowing that this is caused from overstretch, over tensioning, getting your body into a place that doesn't feel comfortable and it feels like it needs to contract against, right? Yeah. And there's, of course, there are the instances that we we can't prevent. And, yeah. you know, you can train as much as you want and you can be doing something you've done a million times and you can get like slightly overextended, and strain your biceps or you know strain your hamstring or whatever it may be but we talk in our overtraining podcast about if you do more than your body is used to or if you do more than your body is used to on average over the last month you're going to put yourself at risk if you're doing mm-hmm. one and a half times that you're going to be at risk of overstretching or overtensioning that muscle and injuring yourself. So having some sort of strategy, especially as you're working through these phases, phase one through four, all the way from rest to just doing passive and active range of motion to doing some in phase three, isotonic and or isometric and then isotonic exercises. And then into phase four, where you're doing more dynamic stuff, you're starting to do jumping, making sure that you're also keeping in mind, okay, I, I did this slightly potentially because I was overtraining and doing a little bit more than my body was ready for. So how can I more strategically get back up to that goal of taking a 10 mile jog or (laughs) competing in pickup basketball again? But this is where I also think it's so incredibly important to, this is why we maintain mobility over life. Mm -hmm. This isn't why we just do it when we're injured. This isn't why we just do it because we are going to get into situations where you go chase your dog real quick or you are I was about to go say you're going to chase the chudo man that was like in a uh, friends <laughs> but you 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 know you fall to the side you're catching yourself and you, you don't want to come into these strains that might happen from quick stretches quick reflexes that happen within the body of having to protect yourself so how can you prevent that is by maintaining the mobility that you have within your body now 
mm-hmm. maintaining the strength along that full mobility. This isn't just pa- mobility is not just passive stretching. That's flexibility. Mobility yeah. is really being able to control the range of motion that you have available within your body. And that's what we do in the Gen Health plans. It is not just mobility focused. We do have a full body mobility, but we also have mobility and core to understand this trunk stabilization. We have strengthening along the way. I mean, and when you continue to really address your body, we're not going to be worried about so many strains that happen later on in life. Yeah. And I mean, just quick drop, you mentioned Gen Health Platform. If anybody listening hasn't tried that out yet, go to the link down in the show notes. We'll try linking it up and you get a free week trial yeah. to try out one of these plans. And mm-hmm. there's plan on the foot and ankle, there's plan on the shoulder, there's plan on the upper back and neck. So try it out and it kind of lays out day by day these little bite-sized things that you can do. But yeah, I think that I hope that gives you a little bit more understanding of muscle strains, how they might happen and what you can do about them. There we go, all about muscle strains, why we get them, what we can do about them. If you like this episode, please consider subscribing and leaving a rating and review. We also have a video representation of this if you're looking for more of a visual over on YouTube, so you can go check that out at the Doc Gen Fit YouTube channel. And remember, we have that massive sale going on for Gen.Health. Just check the link in the show notes and use code HEALTH at checkout and you can get a massive 60% discount on that yearly membership. That's $180 off total compared to the monthly membership. So go check that out. And of course, we'll see you next time on the Optimal Body Podcast.